Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Gwinnett, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud. I'm your host, Dominic Rainey. Our regular host is Nicole Toptosh, and she's off today. So, uh, Mike, I might have to ask you to throw in a few questions and uh, fill in the gaps, as you will, uh, between turning the dials over there. You should not underestimate yourself, Dominic. You're a regular host as well. It's not just Nicole, so... There you go. So, you know, she's regular, but you're regular, too. We're carrying the banner today. There you go. All right. Mike's our producer, and uh, he's going to help us out a little bit today. Uh, we've got a great lineup today uh, in our show, and uh, from uh, Standby Talent, we have the President, Derek Harris, as well as the VP of Business Development, Brenda Mitchell. We also have the pleasure of speaking with Mike Rowan, the President of KPI. KPI Target. Target. KPI Target. Well, thank you all for being on the show. Derek, uh, why don't you get us started out this morning and tell us a little bit about Standby Talent and what you do there. Thank you. Yeah, Standby Talent is a staffing firm located here in Atlanta. We primarily focus in on contract staffing in the IT space. We um, also provide talent in the accounting and finance arenas, as well as some other administrative roles, such as uh, um, administrative assistance and EAs and things of that nature. Um, we've been around since about 2004. Uh, originally, we started out as a company called the Human Resource Department, which was an outsourced provider of HR services. But after a few years, we realized that the, the main need our clients had was around talent. And so we totally changed our focus to focus solely on talent um, needs and staffing. Well, Derek, uh, what are some of the trends in your industry today? Uh, could you tell us a little bit about some of the challenges facing businesses when it comes to talent acquisition and uh, management? Sure, absolutely. And I'll also let Brenda chime in on this. But I think the main thing is there still is a war for talent out there. Uh, the recession kind of lulled some companies into a false sense of security, thinking that, oh, we can always find the talent we need. And that's really not true. The true um, ability to find talent versus just a warm body is, is back. And so I think it's going to be difficult for companies, and it is difficult for companies to find the right talent at the right time. Is it a supply and demand thing, Brenda? I mean, is it, uh, what are we looking at here? Well, um, we all know that there is a talent shortage, and um, it is a supply and demand. Uh, we have issues right now within um, the lack of skilled workers in the science, technology, engineering, and the math areas and also preparing the next generations, the um, Gen Y and uh, the Gen X generation, getting them ready with the soft and hard skills to be ready. So those are some of the challenges that we are still seeing in the market. Um, the job market is still very much a challenged area nationally. Yeah, I believe there was always a notion, that, and it still is, I think, that the talent pool is, is endless, that it's a, a bottomless pit. Well, it isn't. Um, that's why uh, the U.S. is importing talent from, I, from India and other countries. Uh, every year there's a, war, a, a debate about how many visas they're going to allow um, for workers to come in. That's because in the United States there's a, a dearth of talent hmm. in those areas. Wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's very interesting because, uh, you know, you said you're in the IT sector. And that's, uh, you know, you would tend to think that uh, there's just all kinds of people out there that have those uh, capabilities. 
Absolutely not. I'm actually, my, my wife's a teacher, and um, she's a, the big thing in education right now is STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, which is what Brenda mentioned. And uh, that's because educators are realizing there's such a, a lack of skills in those areas that we're going to have a real crunch in a few years. And so we've got to catch up by teaching kids now in these areas because that's the future, IT and technology. So you guys are really helping companies succeed in that in that war, as you call it, for, for talent. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, so uh, how do you where do you see companies typically falling short when it comes to filling you know hard to fill critical positions these days? Well, I think the main thing is the fle- being flexible. Because there's a, a lack of talent, you've got to do what you have to do in order to get the talent. Uh, and so being open to people in different geographies. I mean, the whole notion of relocation has kind of gone away um, for many companies because they think it's too expensive. Um, And also being willing to pay what it takes to get that person. Uh, You know, you look in the sports world, um, you know, there's no limit to what teams will pay for the right talent. Well, is your company any different? You really need to look at what I call the the ROI of talent, which is what's the return on investment on the – that person you're trying to hire can you what can you make over the next few years from that person in terms of profit uh, versus just the cost it's an asset you wouldn't look at a piece of equipment or not to say that people are equipment but a piece of um, technology to say as anything but an asset that you want to get a return on Uh, a talented person is exactly the same thing Something I've noticed that I really – the buzzword is, is talent that you're using. You're not, I, you haven't used the word employee. You have not used the word staffing so far. But I, I, you know, speak to that. I guess you guys have a little bit of a marketing background as well because you're, you're calling it talent, which really that's what it is. Absolutely. I think um, we – you know, it's relatively easy with the unemployment still being high to find people to take a job. But you need – if you want something that's going to move the needle – in terms of your um, business, you need somebody who's talented. And that's where the lack, there's a lack of people, a lack of talent, um, because that's what's really going to allow your company to succeed. There's a lot of companies out there that do sort similar to what you do, and uh, to call them staffing companies. I know you're a talent company, but <laughs> that, that can kind of help people find, help, company, help companies find those right people. Mm-hmm. What separates you, and I may be stamp, stop, stopping on one of your questions, Dominic, but uh, what, what separates you from those other companies that help provide employees to these companies? Well, I think we look at ourselves truly as a partner. I know every company says they want to be a partner, and, but this is kind of how our business is, is designed. We've had our most success with clients we've worked with over years versus just one or two placements. And what that does is it allows us to anticipate their needs before they call us. If we understand what you typically look for in terms of talent, we can start to stockpile that talent for you, pre-screen them, and that way when the call comes, we'll, we can quickly provide that talent because it, it doesn't help to, if it takes several weeks for you to get to the, the right person, or months even, you need that person right away. And that's kind of why we call ourselves standby talent, because we want to have that talent standing by quickly so that you can have sort of just-in-time talent. Um, that, so that's kind of how we approach things. So I kind of look at the whole, um, if you remember the movie um, Jerry Maguire, the, the, oh, yeah. the um, mission statement he got fired for, <laughs> where he said that um, uh, we... Um, 
we, we should have fewer clients and just to have deeper working relationships with them. And I think it's what we try to do. Uh, we feel like if we can become an integral part of your company, that will allow us to be be just like an in, almost an internal department providing talent because we know what you're looking for and we are always out there looking for it. Just to piggyback on um, what you just said, Derek, I will stand by talent. Um, we focus on developing strong relationships. We call those partnerships, and uh, we're very nurturing. And uh, there are some cases where we like to have our relationships where we can have consultative strong relations. We can help managers make decisions, and we also leverage our technology resources. And also, we have a very strong recruiting management base. We are combined of about 40 years of experience. So we're bringing some very strong experience to the table to help companies understand the different needs out there and and come up with resolutions and solutions to find the talent. And, and we do have the resources. We are able to uncover some very unique folks nationally for companies. And we're really excited and passionate about what we do at Standby Talent. We sure get that feeling. We're listening to Derek Harris and Brenda Mitchell with Standby Talent. Guys, uh, what, what are some of the mistakes companies are, are making when, when it comes to staffing firms and, and how, how, they, how, you know, how can they go to avoid the, these mistakes? Well, I'll, I'll jump in that, on that. I think the first one is typically treating uh, your staffing partner like a partner and providing timely feedback. The worst thing you can do is working with a, with a staffing firm is to get, say, resumes or candidates sent to you that you know, may not be the right ones and not being able to provide that feedback to the, to the staffing company in a, in a timely fashion so that they can go back and readjust their search patterns to find the find that right person. So I think that's one of the first things I always see. Um, I'd like to add, um, one of the things that I've noticed is sometimes corporations tend to lump all of the staffing firms in one particular bag, and not all of them are the same. And um, I think being more open-minded and not saying that your previous experience bring that to the table with what the current staffing firm is offering. I think being more open-minded to new opportunities, working with additional or new agencies like Standby Talent. Mm-hmm. So, so you mentioned the, the Jerry, you brought up the movie, Jerry Maguire. So it's not just about the Quan. It's not about show me the money. No, it isn't. It's about, you know, like he's tried to form a relationship with that character, you know, really get into his life and understand. We try to understand what our clients are all about. What's their business model? How do they make money? And how is this person or this piece of this talent going to make a difference in, in everything they do? And I think another thing to add is the timing. We try to move as fast as we can, but we, we're restricted by the speed at which our client moves. So if that feedback that we're looking for doesn't come in a timely fashion, we could lose that really great person that you're trying to hire. And we happened just recently where one of our clients where we had the perfect project manager ready to go. And because of the holidays, um, we couldn't get in the, the interviews done last week. And the person told us um, this week, hey, I got another job. And it would have been a needle mover for that client. Wow. Timing everything, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what, how, did, how did Standby Talent get started? Uh, well, as I said earlier, um, we started out um, providing outsourced HR services across the board, everything from compensation to 
staffing to um, you name it in HR space. But we started to realize that our our, our main demand was for talent services. Um, so we built a pretty robust business in just staffing HR people for our companies all over all over the Atlanta area and, and elsewhere. And so we said, you know, let's move where the market is going and switch our gears and re, rebrand the company as a talent provider. And when we changed our name in, I would think it was 2008, to Standby Talent officially and began um, um, going um, with that moniker. Well, Derek and Brenda, Mike, Mike loves stories. Can you, can you tell Mike a little story about uh, how you helped a client with a difficult talent need? Yeah, it's actually a situation that just happened recently, uh, uh, last month. We, our main client um, uh, needed four uh, very specialized um, sort of data entry customer service people to work a 24-7 schedule, um, so seven days a week. Uh, and uh, so the first thing we realized was, you know, this is not going to work very well. There's not enough hours for these people that they could provide to avoid a ton of overtime. So the first thing we did was suggest that you expand the team slightly to have a weekend team so that the people wouldn't have to work seven days a week. One that would uh, reduce the likelihood of burning people out over time and, and, and having turnover. And two, it would allow you not to have to pay that, um, our client to pay overtime, which is a time and a half. So it actually, even though we added staff to the team, it actually ended up costing them less than they would have uh, if they had stuck with a small Adding team. value and helping them save money. Absolutely. Can't do better than that. Absolutely. But the, the hard part was that the, this team, this, the people they're looking for were they need very specialized skills with a certain customer relationship management system, CR, CRM system. And we only had a less than a week. We had a week to fill the positions. And we, had to, we added three more to the team, so it was actually seven people. And we were able to do it. We actually got all the people within five days uh, because we already had an idea of what this client needed because we'd been working with them for several years. And so we had already – we continually re- recruit for people that we think we're going to need. And um, so we had people in our database already to start with. So we didn't have to start from scratch. So that's one of the things I think made us a difference. Derek and uh, Brenda, you know, one of the challenges I I see from the outside looking in is not only are you looking to find that talent to help place them, but you're looking to find the companies that need the talent. So you're always prospecting and and looking for your your customers on on both talent-wise and the companies that need the talent. How do you find those companies that are looking for the talent? Because there's, like I said earlier, a lot of competition out there. How do you go out there and and, and find those companies so you can help them? Well, there's always a challenge, uh, you know, trying to get in the door. But I think one thing we try to do is pick our clients very carefully because not every client wants to work with us the way we want to work with them, to, to be more of a partner. And so we look for companies that kind of fit our, our model that are open to the type of relationship we're trying to have. But we mostly focus in on medium and large companies. Uh, medium-sized companies, sort of between the $50 million to $200 million annual revenue range is sort of our sweet spot. But we have clients above that and some below. Um, but those, those are the ones we typically look at that are growing, looking to uh, partner with a, a company like ours and work with us um, in a mutually beneficial relationship. Wow, that's, uh, that's good stuff. Um, 
What's unique? Uh, can you tell us yeah, exactly what's unique about standby talent? Well, I, I, I don't want to dominate, but um, one of the first things that I um, – two things we try to be. Uh, we try to have these longer-term relationships. We also try to leverage technology as much as possible because we feel like that's what gives us a competitive edge. So we use technologies like there's a system called um, Wanted Analytics that not a lot of people know about, but it, what it does, it allows us to look at the hiring patterns for virtually any company in the country uh, for the past three years. And it gives us some information about how they've hired, what they've hired for, what skills they typically look for, including certifications and things like that. Where are they located? Where they hire mostly their, most of their people? So even before we walk in the door to see a client, we run this report to see kind of what's going on with them and uh, that allows us to um, have a, start the conversation on a more um, interesting basis because we already have some intelligence about what they do. And we also have some other technology that allows us to interact with our contractors because we have a lot of contractors working on site, and we want them to feel connected to us like true employees. And we have an intranet system called Bamboo HR that allows, us to, allows them to get things done with us without taking a lot of time from their jobs. Hmm. Could you share some of your uh, recent accomplishments as, as the company is growing? Well, I guess the biggest one, uh, just recently, we, uh, we made the uh, Inc. 500 list. Well, congratulations. Um, uh, thank you very much. We actually uh, were up um, on the list at 447, number 447 of, uh, out of Inc. 5000, and number 16 in the state of Georgia. So we grew about a little over 1,000% in the last three years. Wow, that's unbelievable. That's great. Is that uh, because of Brenda's uh, vice president of develop, business development? Absolutely. It's, it's totally, it's totally because of her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No doubt. The other thing I want to say about Standby Talent is um, uh, some other unique things about us is that we uh, approach our customers, clients, or our companies from a consultative approach. Um, both Derek and I are... HR professionals, and we are bringing a whole host of experience. So I see myself, when I'm working with clients, being the business development professional, um, I'm looking at resolutions for them. May it be here locally in Atlanta or nationally throughout the United States. And also, just want to mention that our main focus is IT. However, we do support uh, HR, finance accounting, and executive management, as well as some admin support. But our main focus is IT. Yeah, we tend to focus in on the, the hard-to-fill positions uh, such as web developers, um, iOS or um, Apple-based um, phones, as well as Android. Okay, great, great. Well, we've been listening to Derek Harris, uh, President, and uh, Brenda Mitchell, Vice President of Business Development at uh, Standby Talent. Why don't you guys tell our listeners how uh, a hiring manager or uh, anyone interested in uh, recruiting and staffing and talent can uh, contact you guys. Absolutely. Well, I think the first thing is to go to our website um, at um, www.standbytalent.com or give us a call at 678-264-8679 or you can give us an email, send us an email at info at standbytalent.com. We appreciate what you do. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud brought to you by CDI Managed Services. Next on our broadcast is Mike Rowan with KPI Target. Welcome to the show, Mike. Give us some background on KPI Target and what you're doing there. 
Thanks, Dominic. Uh, KPI Target, we're a full-service interactive agency. Uh, we are founded with the purpose of driving meaningful results to your company's bottom line. What we do is we come into your company and really identify what's important to you, and we leverage online technologies um, such as website design, interactive marketing, and other techniques to drive the type of business that you want and ultimately you know, make your business more successful. Mike, how, how are uh, how are mobile devices influencing the way the uh, local business uh, business market today? Wow, they're they're exploding in popularity. I saw a statistic where I think the mobile device, the smartphone penetration, has now reached fifty percent uh, in, in the United States. So, especially locally, when people are searching around for a business or service, um, it's absolutely imperative that you have you know, both your site and your company optimized to be found on mobile devices. If not, you're missing out on a lot of business. Um, you know, one of the first things people do, whether they're looking for a restaurant or searching for some other professional service, is they pull out their device and Google it. Um, if you're not set up correctly as a, as a company to be found, then, you know, you're missing out on a big opportunity. And, as far as trends go, we only see that increasing over time, whether it's a mobile device, whether it's a tablet. Um, you know, these devices that have sort of become attached to our hip, um, I mean, they're a way of life, and they're only going to increase. They sure, yeah. Uh, how, how have uh, improved man analytics and reporting changed the way that individuals and companies market online? It's a lot of fun because you know exactly how your users are behaving. Um, you can identify fairly quickly what sort of campaigns are working and either pour more fuel on that fire or sort of punt, um, sort of step, take a step, step back and revisit your strategy and you know, see exactly where your users are coming from, where you're driving new business from, what, what's converting for you. Is it social media? Is it some sort of ad spend online? Is it search engine optimization? Um, it enables you to provide very repeatable actions to continue to drive results to your bottom line. So, Mike, uh, search engines are continuing to e evolve in our and in their complexity. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, never-ending. It never so, is. It, it, it's fun. Google came out with an update a couple months ago called the Hummingbird Update. Now, what Google does is it's not like we get a memo that says, Mike, we're going to change this in a month. Get ready for it. What Google did with the Hummingbird update is they changed it without telling anybody and then alerted people about a month after the fact. So they really keep us on our toes. Now, as far as the future of search goes, what Google and other search engines are trying to do is they're make, trying to make it more of a conversation engine, where in the past, the queries or search strings were limited to a couple words, um, and people were searching for very specific things. Uh, in today's day and age, people turn to Google and almost ask, ask it questions almost as you would with, you know, uh, you know, a friend or a family member. Um, so what Google's doing is they're making it more conversational and trying to provide people with real answers instead of trying to, I'm trying to think the right word here, trying to just divert the traffic to any other places that, that, uh, you know, may be able to fit their needs. Route the traffic. Exactly. So optimization and social media, uh, how are these two mediums becoming, you know, close? They're getting closer and closer, it seems like. Bedfellows? Close bedfellows. Close bedfellows. 
A few years back, a lot of the interactive marketing technologies, whether it's email, whether it's social media, search, they all existed in their own silos. There were different strategies for each one. As we continue to evolve online, all those strategies are becoming closely intertwined. Um, you know, search drives social, social drives search, and actually, believe it or not, Google rewards companies that are that have a big presence on social with increased rankings. Um, it's all about content. It's all about your company's name. And as people are out there and you're generating content, they're sharing it on Facebook, they're tweeting it, they're pinning infographics to Pinterest. What that does is it sends, I guess the industry term would be social signals back to search engines like Google, and it helps to elevate your company's rank. So by doing it's it's no longer, I guess you don't have the luxury of doing one or the other. Um, if you're really not playing on both mediums, then you're, you may be missing the boat. Mike, are there certain types of companies or industries that you're looking to specialize in that are more in your, in your uh, area of expertise? We've worked with all sizes, of com- all sizes of companies, anywhere from Fortune 500 down to, you know, which, uh, the startups, which are a passion of mine. Um, you know, I-, I would say our niche is probably the small to medium-sized uh, business. Um, we're, we've been doing a lot of local marketing, um, you know, helping those companies, especially with mobile, get found by people who are looking to make actionable decisions. I have to ask, KPI Target, obviously, a lot of thought goes into a name of a company. I- explain KPI Target. I'm glad, yes, that's, that's important to me. Um, in our industry, so many, so many companies provide cookie-cutter approaches. Um, what we do is we take back and really take a holistic look at it, and the KPI stands for Key Performance Indicators. Um, that's taking a step back and sitting down with whether, whether it's a small business owner or a director or VP of marketing and really finding out what's important to you. Um, it's, it's your business. We don't necessarily – it's not our job to come in and tell you what you need as far as your business goes. I mean it could be lead generation. It could be e-commerce. It could be um, setting up consultative services. So that's the story behind our name. Um, we, we're looking not only to drive business, but the right kind of business. After all, I mean, we could send a million people to your site, and if they're the wrong kind of customers, they don't mean anything to you. Um, we would rather send 1,000 people where 100 people converted, and those are the A type of clients that you're, that you're looking for. Same question I asked uh, Standby Talent a few minutes ago. You're, out, you're in a very competitive field. For someone that's searching for a company like yours to help them market and promote their company, what are some of the questions that they should be asking when they're looking for the right fit for them? Well, it's, always, it's not always the right fit. What they need to be asking is, is uh, basically how can you – here's what's important to us. What can you do to help? Um, I would caution against anybody who provides you, once again, with more of a cookie-cutter approach. You know, not that that's necessarily – bad, but you, know, you, you really want to come up with a customized solution that's specific to your individual business. Yeah, not, um, not do what everybody else is doing. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're following the crowd, a lot of times it's tough to stand out. Yes. And standing out on the web is you know, priority number one. Yes. And it continues just to get, I mean, the, the, the web presence these days is almost more important than for some companies, a, a physical presence. Absolutely. Um, we work with a number of companies that have no physical presence at all. Um, as a matter of fact, they don't keep inventory. They literally just you know, have a web presence, do intelligent internet marketing, and you know, have reached the margins they need and really have a 
very lucrative business. We're listening to Mike Rowan, the president of KPI Target. Hey, Mike, uh, what what's the what is this online reputation management, and why is it important to your company? Reputation management. That's what I what I think is cool about the internet is people are out there. They're especially for medium to large for medium to large businesses. People are out there talking about your brand. Now the thing is, is you're not going to automatically have a people out, people out there just singing your praises all day long. Um, with reputation management, it's important to be able to go out there and sort of um, you know take a litmus test on what people are saying about your company out there um, on online, um, good and bad. Now. What reputation, why reputation management is so important is you want to reward the people who are happy with your services, but po- potentially even more importantly, you want to go out there and find people who are dissatisfied with your services. You, n- you never want a dissatisfied customer, but 20 years ago, these people would be out there. They'd be telling their family, telling their friends about how unhappy they were with your service, and you would never be the wiser. Um, Today, if they take that online, whether it's on social media, on a bulletin board, like ripoff report or something like that online, what you can do is you can actually reach out and address these people. Um, tell, show them you care. And then you can – more often than not, you can actually turn a disgruntled customer into an advocate for your brand by reaching out to them, uh, correcting any perceived injustice or you know, faulty, faulty equipment or what have you. And then really continuing to establish a relationship and showing them that you care. And we've seen more often than not that those people who you know, convert to being advocates of your brand who are very unhappy, they tend to go to friends and family and start to sing your praises. And at the end of the day, a, a good referral is you know, it's worth its weight in gold. Yes, it is. Mike, what are some of the most exciting projects? Can you share some of your recent stories of what uh, KPI Target has been involved in? Absolutely. Um, we've been working on the strategy with a, a mobile app company. Uh, they've, they've launched – it's called Found Money. It's a great new mobile app that actually is trying to change the way people, people spend, uh, change their behavior. Um, what we've done is we've gone gone in and consulted with them and come up with a, a strategic plan, a social plan, a search plan to reach those people who are out there actually spending money. And what this app does, it's it's so neat, is it literally geolocates where they are and sort of – or geolocates where they are and presents savings opportunities throughout the day. And their end goal is to show people how simply by saving 3 to $5 a day that that can actually turn into a pile of money over time. And, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think it's just great because it, for me personally, um, it made me realize that just getting a Coke at dinner, you know, two or three times a week is, what, 10, 15 bucks? If you throw alcohol into the mix, you're saving 20 or $30. And over time, when you take compounding interest, um, yeah, it turns into thousands of dollars. And so what, that's what we've done is we've worked closely with the founder. We've sat down with them. We've come up with a web strategy, a social strategy, and a search strategy to really start to drive this app forward. Is it a free app? It is a free app on the on the Apple uh, iTunes Store. You, you mentioned earlier that you really enjoy startups, and I can see that your smile and everything. That's really where, where your passion is. Why startups? What is it that excites you, especially when you help those types types of new companies? Well, I've done a couple of them before. Uh, I know the excitement that comes along with doing a startup. Um, you know, working from your garage and you know pinching pennies to make something really come together. And when you start getting your first customers in a startup. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a fantastic feeling. 
um, you know, and as you take a company you know, through its infancy and start to really see measurable results, it, it becomes very exciting. And I would think as a startup, they're, they're more apt to listen to your advice and your consultation and say, you, when you recommend, here's really what you should do, they might be a little bit more willing to, to follow the road knowing that, uh, you know, you know what you're talking about. They're not set in their ways because they've had a company run, running for 20 years and this is the way we did it. Because as you talked about, technology is always changing. You've got to be willing to change, to grow. It is always changing, and uh, my fiance would probably she wants to kill me at night because I have to spend about an hour to an hour and a half every night just reading industry blogs just to keep up with it. <laughs> but back to your original question, um, yeah, I, I think it is important. You always want to be able to identify with somebody. If you've walked in somebody's shoes and identified with, with a lot of the pain points that they encounter, especially with a startup or a small to medium-sized company, then it's uh, it's easy to empathize and easy to you know come up with recommendations not just based on a blog that I read last night, but based on something, you know, a mistake that I made in the past. And uh, yeah, I find that invaluable. You, you've walked the walk. You you've don't just walked. talk the talk, you walk the walk, as they say. Exactly. So with that experience, Mike, what, what are some of the questions that uh, business owners and executives should be asking themselves heading into 2014? In, in, is the internet, internet and online marketing industry continues to evolve. They really need to take a step back, in my humble opinion, and sort of take a gauge of where they are today. Um, do they have a responsive website? And what I mean by that is their website, is, does it adapt to the size of device? Um, you know, that's very important because people, as, as previously mentioned, people are searching for your services online. If they reach your website, they can't read it, they can't convert, they can't contact you, then you're missing out on an opportunity. Um, you know, are you playing on social media? Are you... Do you have a good search strategy in place? Um, and, and I don't want to present these as being you know, completely siloed because they all work together. Um, basically, what are you doing online to promote your business? What are your competitors doing online to promote your business? And you know, based on everybody has budgets, but um, you know, what can you do in 2014 to you know, make a footprint? Yeah. Yeah. We're listening to Mike Rowan, president of KPI Target. Mike, I'm a, I'm a business owner, and I know I need help. You know, uh, you know, I've got a lot of competitors. Uh, there's there's a lot of people out there doing this online business, and uh, so what are what are what are some of the more important things I need to consider moving forward with my company? Moving moving forward, um, and that's a little bit like the last question, I guess. You know, you just need to make sure that you're doing the right things online. You know, best practices. You want to make sure, especially for lo local to mid-sized businesses or businesses with multiple locations. You know, make sure you're listed in all the correct places. Um, there are things like Google Plus Local, Yahoo Local, um, Bing. Um, a lot of those will provide you with outlets to be seen. Um, you know, make sure that your your web presence is uh, is up to standard. Make sure that uh, you know you're continuing to put the prop allocate the proper resources to where you know you you don't give technology sort of a passing glance and throw money at it but you know come up with a meaningful strategy that will help you to drive business and and the cool thing about uh, the cool thing about marketing online is that a, a lot of times some of these things have snowball effects that can, can can continue to generate business for you you know exponentially moving forward into the future along the same lines is there something that you've seen companies do online with their marketing that just oh you don't do that one of the, one of the big mistakes that you see a lot of companies do a lot of it is is around social. Um, 
just because you're on Facebook doesn't mean that you're on Facebook, if that makes any sense. Um, you can't just do posts and expect to have results. Um, just because you have a personal account doesn't mean that you know how to how to generate those results online. So you've got to give um, something meaningful, like on a Facebook account, give you give people reasons to come back. Well, I mean, it's all about engagement. It's all about promoting your brand casually. Um, Facebook shouldn't be – you don't want to sit there and, and just – and I've used this example in the past. It's like walking into a party and going around introducing yourself as the president of a company and saying, you know, would you like my services? You know, people don't like it when people do that. <laughs> yes, I mean social is the same type, same type of thing. You want to go in. You want to develop a relationship with your customers. That doesn't mean buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. It means getting to know them, getting to know what's important uh, with them. It's developing that relationship, and more than more often than not, they'll lead to meaningful results. Are there little tips and tricks that uh, business owners can can do or use to uh, to make the brand more visible? Uh, the the local listings are a big deal. Um, is and this is going back to the search question: Is search continues to evolve and Businesses are presented online in different ways. Um, you know, you can identify you can identify a lot of local listings and get listed um, at a either free or very low cost. Um, yeah, I mean that's some low hanging fruit that you need to do. You need to make sure that your site's optimized. If you don't have an ongoing search strategy, you know, at least make sure that you either hire a professional or you know do it yourself and make sure that you at least optimize it one time for search, you know, make sure that you can get found. Um, and once again, going back to social, you know, get, you need to get on social, but one, one thing I do want to stress is all social networks may not be the correct outlets for all people. Um, we have companies that they come to us and they say, well, why aren't we doing a lot on Facebook? And you, you come back to them and, and you say, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Client, when we sat down and identified what's important to you and identified the type of customer that you're looking for, those types of people aren't on Facebook. You know, you're not going to generate the rate of return on the money that you're, you're spending on Facebook. However, those customers are on LinkedIn. They are on Twitter. They are on Pinterest. Um, you know, some of the other specialty shopping sites. You can easily head in the wrong direction. Sounds yeah, and, and you can, and, that, and that's the one thing about the internet as well is that that uh, in interactive marketing is you can, if you're not measuring these results, you can go down the wrong path and continue to throw uh, good money after bad. Um, that's why analytics and sort of identifying how things are performing, how things are converting, it, it's so vital to any sort of interactive marketing campaign. Um, and, it, and it's something, you know, going back 20 years again to radio and TV, you had things like the Nielsen reports that would give you the number of eyeballs and number of impressions, you know, how many people heard your message. It was very difficult to actually ascertain what that meant to your bottom line. It's like, cool, we got $20 million or 20 million eyeballs on that commercial, but what does that mean at the end of the day? Um, if we were to run a pay-per-click campaign and send, send 10,000 people to your site, we can easily tell that. 500 of those converted, you know, your margin on that product is 100 bucks, and is that a meaningful result for you? Um, if yes, then we can pour more money into that medium and continue to generate results that way. If not, we pull the plug on that and sort of go, go somewhere else and try something 
different. I would think one of the challenges you have are those companies that don't even realize they could use your services or they really need to talk to you. They're thinking, I've got a website. I'm, I've got my Facebook page. I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. They don't realize they really need to have a conversation with you because they're not maximizing the potential of those sites. There is. I, I think a lot of people get caught up in their own business and sort of having been a small business owner and having you know, start, started up a few companies, you tend to hold your business very tight. Um, However, I would encourage people to rely on experts. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, the end-all, be-all, but at least open up your perspective to a few new things because just a few, a few tweaks here and there, um, you know, can really provide meaningful results. Do you do a consultation fee or is the first talk kind of just on the house? And how does that work with your company? First talk's on the house. Um, and, and then just depending on what the company needs, um, as previously mentioned, we're, we're not a a cookie cutter solution. Um, we like to identify what you need, whether it's a, you know, go to market strategy, whether it's social media search, um, you know, based on sort of what direction we went from there. Um, that's where, uh, you know, that's where we'd have a conversation about pricing and stuff like that. But, but absolutely the, the first talking, and I really enjoy, I mean, I love it. I love sitting down with the business owner and finding out about their business and sort of what makes them tick. Um, <laughs> that's why we have the best job right here. We find out about <laughs> businesses through the show. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And, so uh, no reason for for a business owner that's listening right now not to at least reach out to you and have that have that quick talk. Oh, not at all. Great lead in, Mike. We love it. And tell uh, our listeners how they can reach out to you, Mike, and KPI Target. You can go to our website uh, www.kpitarget.com, and uh, you can also email us at info at kpitarget.com as well. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk business to business. Thank you to our guests today from Standby Talent, Derek Harris and Brenda Mitchell. Also from KPI Target, Mike Rowan. We appreciate you all for being on the show and what you do. I'm Dominic Rainey with CDI Managed Services, where we work with companies to maximize their IT investment and infrastructure and cloud solutions and support. Listen to, to listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to silverlining.businessradiox.com. And until next time, remember, when it comes to IT solutions and cloud support, CDI Managed Services is your silver lining in the cloud. <laughs>